0: Yo 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 yo. Like crime time used to say, yeah. Nerd boy D, nerd boy Skeep. We are your nerd boys. Yeah. And we're just riding around, taking a couple shots at each other. We're not drinking and driving. Well, Skeep is drinking. I'm driving. So it's bad combination. Riding and potting like we normally do, you know, we innovators of this shit. But, you know, me and Skip were just, we were having a interesting conversation about like trauma as an ambulance ride past <laughs> right. us. Ironically enough. Trauma. Well, yeah, somebody's going to the trauma unit tonight. But, um, yeah, we were just kind of shooting the shit. Yeah. And we just, we're, we're, we're going to try to make this a serious episode with our comedic timing. Yeah, definitely going to be comedic. Yeah. <laughs> we, we wouldn't be the nerd boys if we didn't do anything like else. But, you know, we're going to talk about some shit. Keith actually has a very interesting story about what happened this weekend. And we're going to talk about it.
1: Yeah, not going to give too much information or names or anything.
0: But we definitely going to talk about a situation that can be very pretty, pretty fucking traumatized. But with that being said, Nerd Boy D, Nerd Boy Skeet, we have the Nerd Boys, we will be right back, and with that being said, cue the intro. Are you ready? Nerd Boys, Nerd Boys, Nerd Boys, Nerd Boys, Nerd Boys. Nerd- All right, so we're back. Nerd Boy D, Nerd Boy Skeef. We are the Nerd Boys. Currently eating and potting right now. That might be a new, uh that might be something new.
1: Mm-hmm. Eating and potting. Oh
0: yeah, so. You got more
1: these in the fridge? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So we are going to talk about, hmm, you want know, to bring me one too? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, Demar Hand was playing
0: again. Oh yeah. So we're in Jamaica right now. Which is good. But yeah, we were gonna talk about trauma this episode. Like said, we don't wanna to get too serious serious with it, but we wanna spread awareness that, you know, PTSD mental health and all that good shit does exist. Oh, so we're also having fields out the beverages as we do this as well, so. Farewell. Well, so, Oh no. Y'all listening to me stuff my face. Hmm, process. Oh the trash You grab the hot sauce. I'll grab it. Well, I'm gonna put this on the chocolate. list and eat more hot sauce. We are down to the last little bit, but should get us through this tasty meal that we have Definitely in front of us.
2: definitely
0: i loving hot sauce a lot more lately you sipping, sipping on some burners me too I usually hate hot sauce it's a damn <laughs> <laughs> me and Steve went to Duff's last night mm-hmm. oh man it was so fucking good like those are the best Duff wings I had in a while I've only had Duff's in my entire life twice. Mm. Like, when we had the anchor bar, it definitely blew my anchor bar out of the water. Mm-hmm. About a long shot. Yeah. I like a little kick in my food. You know, I'll pay for it later. But whatever. We get older, stomach get a little more weird.
1: Mm-hmm. Like trying all kind of food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah. If you're listening to this, you have people that watch people eat on YouTube, so y'all can listen to us eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, what
1: is it called? ASMR?
0: Yeah, you know more about that shit than me. You
1: better people eating their mics and just crazy
0: mm-hmm. so yeah she has an interesting story that we you know we're going to get to later in the pod but yeah just like trauma is one thing that's like really affecting just people period but mm-hmm. a lot of times men and ladies before you be like we good we would have this like no it's not always about y'all this is why men go through the shit that they go through because it's never supposed to be about us. We're always supposed to toughen up you know now, you know it's been a lot better lately because people have been taking you know our mental health into consideration a lot more than you know maybe ten maybe even yeah as long as maybe five years ago, but the thing is. A lot of us go through a lot of shit because we don't have any real outlets to really like express ourselves through we can right. express ourselves to our wives girlfriends sisters aunties grandmothers mothers but they're never gonna really necessarily get it from a man's perspective
1: and sometimes you can't express that too
0: yeah yeah exactly sometimes you gotta talk to, to another guy but sometimes, sometimes you can't even talk to other guys yeah because like you know We've been to each other a lot. Mm -hmm. And sometimes while we're there as friends like that true like elder advice. Mm -hmm. We can't necessarily give each other. We try our best. And it's just like we can't necessarily express ourselves with this shit. Because like a lot of the times some of the older men in our lives are you know not blatantly dismissive. Mm-hmm. But it's like the cycle repeating itself. That's so why, like we you know, we both got sons, and we both want to, you know, after, especially after, like, kind of realizing this shit. So, why I realized is that was so. Rest in peace to Morris Shanklin. That was he was practically my grandfather, not blood, but him. And my grandmother had a relationship for for years, and even after she passed, he was still around for us. He was still, you know, there when we needed him. You know, his health took a turn, you know, in the past couple of years. So he was relying on the cane last I seen him, um, which kind of fucked me up because it's like, he's a man's man. He's somebody that's, you know, he don't want no help with nothing. He, He just is that, that person. And, you know, to see him in that condition, it was just like, you know, heartbreaking to me because I'm so used to seeing him, like. You know, even when he shouldn't be just, you know, there trying to make shit happen. So he passed and uh, my little brother who's incarcerated right now, you know, they let my, they allowed my brother to come to the funeral and we were supposed to have some time with him. Now, the pastor of the church, you know, I'm not going to name him right now. I don't believe in, you know, exposing him, but. This is a person that actually was was in my life, my whole life. Used to date my mom. He used to, you know, be like a father figure to us when we were younger. Somebody that my mom knew him before she even had kids. So, it was like, for him to kind of pull the bullshit he pulled, not only like hurt my feelings, but it legit pissed me off. But, you know, he was a former corrections officer himself, so he knows how some of this shit works, but, you know, my mom, you know, we got our family group text or whatever, so my mom sent them in the group chat, you know, my brother would be there around this time, you know, they used to be family only to see him, cool, sweet, love to see my little brother. Then this guy comes out the day of the funeral, one, he had already rubbed me the wrong way earlier. My nephew, who's a year old, my little brother's son, was, you know, running around the church like one-year-old kids do. And it wasn't the fact that he said something about it, it's just the way he said it. Just real nasty and real just annoyed by the fact that his kids run around the church. Okay, whatever. So, gets to the point where, you know, my brother gets there. So, they allow him to view the body. And it's just more so like, okay... Cool. He's going to view him. we going to get to see him, hug him, whatever. You know, maybe take a couple pictures with him. And then he comes out like, yeah, so they're only allowing, and this is the pastor, they're only allowing, you know, for for his baby and the baby's mother to see him. So they didn't even let your mom see him? I'm going to get to that. So we let him know, like, you know, his mom, like, you know, <clears throat> his mom wasn't even there. So she's like, okay. You know, let my mom go with the baby. So but I'm as I'm telling him like, you know, like what happened in between a few days ago and now to where you know we can't see him. Cause mm-hmm. you know, I was trying to explain to him like my mom was under the impression that we were all gonna get to see him. We were all gonna get to have some time with him. And as I'm telling him this, he just mm-hmm. walks off. You know, normally if you gotta go, you know, you might excuse yourself, something like that. So now I'm heated. Like, I'm a grown man. So, for you to walk off on me mid-sentence as I'm explaining a grievance to you about what's going on because we thought something was going to be this way, and then now you're telling us it's that way. Yeah, I I, I was annoyed, but then him doing that pissed me off. So eventually I actually, you know, went back to the back and, you know, I mm-hmm. asked somebody, I'm like, you know, tell pastor I need to speak with him. Like, I, I want to have a, you know, have a word with him. So I tell him, like, you know, like, dude, you just walk off on me. Like, you didn't excuse yourself, nothing like that. You know, you didn't. he's like, you know, I got 500 things going on right now. And I'm just like, I understand that. But I'm speaking to you about a situation and you just walk away from me. You didn't excuse yourself, nothing. You just walked off on me as I'm talking. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I felt disrespected in that, in that sense. That you know, you know, at least tell me, you know, because that's that's just a common courtesy. Like, if uh, if you're talking to me about something and you, you're upset about it, whatever, and I got a lot going on, I'm like, oh, Steve, I get what you're going through, mm-hmm. but just give me a minute. I got a lot of things going on right now but I'll, I'll get back to you. Simple. Or, mm-hmm. you know, just give me a minute and I'll get to you. I got this funeral going on. So, this dude tells me, not only does he tell me he doesn't have to excuse himself from, from, you know, dismissing himself from speaking to me, he also tells me because it's his church, you know, I should be, and he has a lot going on, he tells me, I should be asking him what he needs from me. It's like, What? For one, the fucking person laying in the fucking casket is family. For one, mm-hmm. and if you say that bullshit, let me know. And then, you, then you call me sensitive. Like what? The fuck is you on? So I'm explaining the situation to my mom, and I, I legit, like, fucking break down crying and shit. And then that's when you want to come and hug me and shit like that. Tell him, oh, you know, you have a lot of trauma do all this death that you've been going nah, through. you been trying to talk to me,
1: bro.
0: Yeah, like, and then he's like, you know, get, you know, get with my secretary. We'll go out to lunch. You no, know, Especially after what I found out the next day. Fuck your lunch. Hmm. So come to find out, my mom spoke to the facility. We actually were supposed to have time with my brother whatever reason, this motherfucker, he, he took the initiative to get all that scraped. He, because the facility was just as confused as we were. That's crazy. So, and this is what I mean when I go back to my original point that this is an elder. This is somebody that was once like a father figure to me. And the fact that, you know, I came to him with a grievance and he calls me sensitive. And he calls me a church person. Yeah, he's a pastor.
1: This
0: is his, his church. His church that he built from the ground up.
1: That's why I don't, I don't believe. I believe in God and stuff. I don't believe in Kirk. Nah, not at all. Mm-mm. They all humans speaking the book. Y'all speaking the same thing. Why is the churches next door to each other? I don't know. Yeah,
0: because uh, who can preach the better bullshit? And it's fucked up because
1: there is some good people out there. I ain't yeah, that's what I right say. From. It's fucked
0: up because. You do got people out here that's really trying to preach the word of God. Mm-hmm. That's really trying to do right by the community. And then you got ass times like this. Like I said, this is the guy I respect, I looked up to. But this is this is a problem, especially in the black, like the black community with black men. We don't necessarily ever feel like we got people we can go to. You don't never
1: hear Jehovah's Witnesses doing something wild. They just knock on your door too early.
0: <laughs> yeah, for real. So, yeah. That's how I lost respect for a pastor. But, now even with my dad, I love my dad to death. But, he gets a bit dismissive too when, you know, I do start, you know, going too deep for him. And that's, and that's the problem. And I think it's just a, a cycle repeating itself because maybe he could go to his dad for everything. hmm So once you get used to dismissive behavior, you start to repeat the shit.
1: Some people do repeat it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't because I know how it feels to me, but I try not to repeat it.
0: But you also should have each other just each other to, to talk to when we going through some shit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We should be able to call that older head uh, yeah. to talk to us because they've been through that shit, especially when first thing out of motherfucker's mouth. Oh man, I done been through that before. Yeah, y'all know nothing. Y'all doing this? I've been, I done did that, been there, done that. Okay, then teach us how to get through it then. Mm-hmm. Since you've been through it, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, people don't understand that hurt people, hurt people. Trauma is is painful. We all got some type of trauma, whether it's a little bit or a lot of it. Some is more serious than others, but it's still there. Sometimes I might look at, at, you know, and, and this is another thing with, you know, human nature, I might look at your trauma different than mine. Yeah. Your trauma might not be as serious as mine, but, you know, we gotta have empathy and be empathetic about the simple fact that because they're taking their trauma so serious, that's probably the worst they've been through.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's just like the suicide rate seems so much higher now. Maybe because we got social media and now we, we are very aware of this shit. Maybe it, maybe it was just as bad before social media, but something like now it's just like, damn, like you didn't you didn't really understand that so many people were going through depressions and you know, suicidal thoughts and shit. And from, had a family member from my wedding. You remember the family member from my wedding that kind of showed their ass because they didn't want to take a picture with the other family member. And so I'm not gonna use names, but You know, if they listen to it, they know what the fuck they are. Fuck you, by the way, for, you know, acting the way you acted in my wedding. and didn't even fucking apologize, you fucking bitch. But, again, trauma creates anger. And not to say that traumatized me, but that hurt my feelings. If you think I'm sensitive, fuck you, I am. Mm -hmm. Because I love everybody. Especially my family. It's like, I will try not to hate anybody. I might be a person or two in this world that I hate, but it is what it is. Burner's ginger ale is the fucking best. I love Burner's.
1: I like all those pop flavors. I ain't got the flavors of pop. Dr. Pepper, Root Beer, Burner's, all of them awkward drinks.
0: That strawberry cream and Dr. Pepper is fucking amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. I
0: do not even like
1: it like that. I have a coffee flavored Dr. Pepper before. I got it from
0: overseas, so. though. That, that actually seemed like more fit, though. Not bad. Yeah. yeah. caramel pudding for it. Oh, that, that, that was good to say. That was. I'm sorry my guy Jonathan for that, too. Jonathan, uh... He said it's a place in Canada that he got, I got to get the exact place. But he let me know. He was like, yeah, it's a place in Canada that he actually got that from.
1: Mm. At least wow. the Statues is doing it right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: jerk chicken? I guess my fiance brought me the food, and I ate it. And then I smoked after, and it kind of made me want to just eat again.
0: Yeah. So yeah, we're uh, you know, we're bringing more, we're going to try to bring more content, definitely. Especially since we no longer work for Geico. We can't say that now. Yay. Yeah. They was cool, though. Mm-hmm. The people I worked with was cool. Yeah, I love them. So, that was my man, Andrew G. My home real Talia. Just name a few. Mm-hmm.
1: Shout out to Jess. It's my, it's my nigga. She white, though. <laughs> <laughs> Mm.
0: I would your jerk chicken was a little bit more spicy. go
1: you know, with jerk chicken? Mm-hmm. Oh, that they did not jerk that joint. No. That joint did not have a stiff. It's not bad. It's not bad. It don't tell it just tastes like chicken and rice. what I got from them? what did I get from them last time? I can't remember what I got from the last time. So I never get jerk chicken from Jamaican restaurants. Never.
0: Go. First place though, you like some some Hispanic food? Uh-huh. Monty's. you know. You've been asking about that pork and rice. Six.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I need that. Soon. I'll get that. That was so good. That was so good. Loved it. I'm gonna add a little bit.
0: They give you a lot of shit too. Like, you know, it's only like 12 bucks. Fire. Well, yeah, man. Well, yeah, man. We just... Yeah, there's just a point. You know, we getting older and shit. So, it's like... You know, kind of realizing shit. I said That shit with that pastor made me realize just how much you can't go to a lot of the men in your community. I think a lot of times they just don't know how to handle it. My mom cussed him the fuck out too. She sent to him a text message. And like I said, she used some language that my mom normally, my mom doesn't cuss. That text message though, she was <clears> throat> fucking, throat> Ooh,
1: yeah. Yeah, she just looked like Judge Mathis. She don't act like him. <laughs>
0: He calls my mom Judge Mathis. It's hilarious. Yeah, you can actually Google my mom, Carol Horn. That's H O R N E, C A R I O L, H O R N.
1: Might see pictures of the box cut. Might see her in her police uniform with Morgan Freeman, the gray joint out. Y'all might
0: mm-hmm. see it. <laughs> my mom alone. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: uh, at least, like, you know. Make it seem like to our listeners that I will somewhat defend my mom.
1: Right? Because he doesn't do this when you, we aren't filming. He yeah. lets it happen. And he points at her as I do it.
0: Huh? You know, <laughs> it would be funny though. She laughs. She my mom has a great. She's a great sport. She has a great sense of humor.
1: Yeah. Plus, she's old, so she forget the joke five seconds later. <laughs> <laughs> she's only fifty-five. <laughs> yeah. Oops. But oh man. Let's, let's take another shot. We're no longer driving. We're in the house eating, so we can take shots of stuff. Yeah. <coughs> take a shot before this story time. <laughs> okay. You can take a shot. I
0: might open up the other bottle in a minute. I to open up the other bottle Nah,
1: huh? you minute. might as well open up the other bottle. There I might <laughs> as well open up the, <laughs> well open up
0: the Skip is the reason why I cannot... Keep alcohol around because he drinks like a fucking fish.
1: I do. And the thing is, it's because it takes a lot of alcohol for me to feel something. Which sucks.
0: So pretty much by the time I'm fucking whacked out of my mind, this motherfucker's still catching up.
1: Yes. And the thing is, it don't take a lot for me to get... It takes a lot, a lot for me to get drunk. So I don't even get drunk often. But for me to just feel wavy and I, unless I drink like early in the morning where... When there's nothing in my system, pretty much. Or I did not if I don't drink for like a week or something, that first shot is like crazy.
0: But when you get sick, you get sick. Yes. That's probably the only because I don't want really to get sick.
1: That's why I don't drink that much. I can't drink to where I... If you, if you see me fall over drunk, I'm about to be terrible
0: no, the you
1: next don't. day. That's why you don't catch me like that. You've not caught me like that in years. It's not happening. Yeah, he, I know my limit. I'm one of those people that know their limits now. and
0: sleep all day.
1: Yep. I slept a full 24 and some
0: change hours. At my apartment. <laughs> yes. At my apartment. It was I, did,
1: I didn't eat anything the whole day. I, I drunk stuff, but not with a cup. I had to go to the faucet, put my hand under, just drink as much water as I can until I feel it might make me throw up, then went back to sleep. <laughs> I literally slept the whole day.
0: Well. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, my mouth full of everybody. Um, you didn't have no follow up joke. I might actually surprise
1: I was I definitely did. I, it was just too easy of a joke. Yeah. It's just too easy to just get at that one. I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna save it for another time. You do something you didn't even know was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like great podcast. <laughs> so okay.
0: So are you ready to tell your story yet? All right,
1: story. Story time. Story time. It's actually happened about almost a week ago. So at die. my. Yeah, uh, almost died. Me and, pa- and my son, he actually surprised me. Not even, like he had more of a chance possibly of dying than I did. But then me having to go get him, put me in that line of fire. But we're all just hanging out on the porch, talking. My... Son, I didn't really fully know at the time, but he in the bounce house because he never got inside of it. He just liked being under the steps of the bounce house where you can't really see him. So he never really liked He'd get inside of it every now and then, but then he'd just be sitting outside under it. So, me, my friend is across from me, and another friend is sitting next to the person across from me. And then it's another dude sitting next to me, but on the steps that's actually my first time ever seeing them i i don't even think i've ever heard his voice i don't know his name or really anything like that but we're sitting outside and then my friend says hey these dudes didn't walk past this joint a few times they look suspicious i look back and i see what they wearing like hoodies and like the poo iisty mask i'm like yeah that is kind of crazy But as they walking past, they don't look over at us. So I'm like, well, they ain't looking at us. They just walking past. So I ain't fully thinking nothing of it. And we had a, I'm not even on go because we had a one-year-old's birthday party. It was my niece's birthday party. So, not even two seconds after I turned back around, after looking at them and saying what I say, like, it's wild they dress like that. Not even two seconds. I look back around to talk to my mans. i just see his eyes get big and then i hear a girl start saying no 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 it's kids here and then just a bunch of shooting so i get down i look around this is before i know my son is still outside i look around i don't see my son outside i don't see like no anybody so i'm like all right just get up and go in the house after this is done because i think he in the house and then as I look to the street, I see my son come from under the bounce house. My heart drops so hard. So now I gotta go down the steps. As I'm going down the steps, I see the dude still sitting there. Now I'm like, why is this nigga still sitting there? Why this happened? I don't know. He's the one being shot at right now. I just hear it, not paying attention, looking for my son. I go down there, grab him, bring my son up the stairs. He didn't even touch the floor grabbed him in the air go in the house holding him we on the ground they stopped and then they start shooting again and then uh, all i hear is man bro on the porch gone yeah he dead over there i'm like yo and the thing is i i didn't know that he's i'm just in the heat of the moment i'm just like why is he still sitting there I'm about to grab my son because my son ain't shot or nothing. So I'm like, I'm not thinking the bullets is actually coming this way, yeah. uh-uh. i I'm like, all right, we grab him, get him in there. But this dude is net, like getting shot as I'm grabbing my son because uh, the dude, I, all I see is like the one dude kind of running up. Yeah. But I didn't stay to fully pay attention. Like I just grabbed him, yeah, and got in there.
0: Ooh, that's on the porch he pretty much sitting there because he's already shot
1: yeah he already gone he was actually looking down on his phone when it started so he probably never even seen it coming but he uh yeah so me my son already had to see him already shot up his stuff as um he's walking up after getting from under the bunk i was walking up as they shooting we had to have already seen him sitting there like that but of course he don't know and as I'm grabbing him, I don't even know my son is okay yet. I pick him up, grab him. I'm not even looking as I grab his arm. I'm just grabbing him, taking him, and I'll put him down. I don't even know until he say firework. That's when I know I'm like. And I'm just sitting on the ground shaking. I don't know if I'm shot. I don't know what it feel like.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I suck. Like, yo, I have, you know, Guns put to me a few times. Like the first time I really, that really stands out was when boys came and ran. We had the house over on Dunlop. Mm-hmm. And like I heard that knock at the door, thought it was my cousin. Next thing I know, I got two guns in my head, one, one, one on each side. Third nigga walking up as they trying to tell me to come in the house, don't run, all this other shit. And then I run. <coughs> like, I, I'm bracing myself to get shot. After mm-hmm. I ran. Ran all over the way to fucking mom's House. Murray Boy Beans. <laughs> it was happening on his birthday, matter of fact. And uh his mom, they thought they was they thought I was just kinda like coming to play a prank on him or some shit, but I'm like, no, nah, I like I fucking got wrong, <laughs> I mm-hmm. Fucking just had guns put to me.
1: Yeah, and that dude got hit up a lot of times. So two bullets hit my friend. One hit the steps and Man, all the rest hit him.
0: I and mean, when I got killed, he was just a kid. He was only like, what, twenty one? Yeah. So it's just, you know, it's crazy because, like, it goes back to to the whole trauma thing because these boys that did it, they probably didn't have really no role models to to guide them in a different direction. They probably haven't seen a lot of bullshit themselves to be able to take another person's life like that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's crazy because you really have to have some type of fucked up mentality To really just to to do that. Like, I know kids, I know kids. And I don't feel you
1: should ever do that. But in that split second, I can understand the mindset. Because if if I was younger and I was like that, you didn't care. My son was out there.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: How they did him, I would want to do them the same exact way.
0: Yeah.
1: And my son didn't even get hit. But if you didn't care, he was there. Right, so I'm I'm gonna take you out before you can make somebody else feel like this
0: for real, and it's crazy because, and that goes back to to the whole trauma of like going through shit like that. Like you, you was legit in a situation where, at that point, your life mattered, but after seeing your son, it didn't. Just like Mm -hmm. that, just like that, because his parents, we would rather get put in the ground for our kids, and it's like wow like like oh my god i'm like i'm scared right now because i could die and mm-hmm. you see your, you see your baby are like Yo, my baby could die yeah fuck I, my life I, at this I, point yeah i didn't even care anymore shit they could shoot me right now yeah. as long as my son as long as I'm, i can say
1: my son i'm very shocked i didn't get hit because i had to go down because the steps is like i'm sitting like this and the steps is, like, right next to me. He's sitting, like, right here. And the steps go all the way down, probably, like, in right there. So, as this is happening, I don't see him. Then I see him come from under the joint. So, he's still getting shot as I'm seeing my son walk from under the joint. So, as they're shooting him, I got to go down these steps. So, not only my son had to come because it's in the grass. The jump house he's at is in the grass. So, he had to walk. All the way past the walk path that they're in, shooting at this dude for me to even run down there to grab him off the steps. So we walked into the line of fire of this dude getting hit for me to even go and grab him and bring him upstairs. Like, we could have lost our life. And I don't even, me, like, if he would have been good, hey. And then my niece is there, my brother is there, my sister is there. The seat my mans was in is where Danielle was sitting. And Connie was actually sitting next to the dude before they left. My mom was sitting in the seat next to where my friend was sitting so before they left.
0: So it could have been anybody out there that could have got fucking hit. And these fucking clowns, they don't fucking think about that shit. Yeah. Like I said, uh, they, they probably got some shit going on with, with them to where they got this fucking mindset. But yeah. it's just like, yo, this is what turns people into fucking killers sometimes when you fuck with our shit that don't need to be fucked with.
1: Yeah. Because there's people out there that's living a normal life and if something just make their mind snap. And if I was that kind of person, that could have been the moment. And I'm looked at it as a bad guy. Yeah. And well, ain't we... no telling what that dude did. He could have did exactly what they did at another one year old's birthday party. Yeah. And they feeling exactly how I feel. But they, they play like that, so they about to go through with it.
0: Like, yeah. nope. And the thing with it, and, and the crazy thing in it. <laughs> and, and, and this is how, uh, especially when it comes to like beef and shit, and we and we know because we we the new street, you know, street bros and shit like that, niggas in the streets, to where a lot of beef is, is over really over less.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Might have been over some he says she says shit. Might have been over some motherfucking sneakers. I you know niggas that got killed over tires, over some rims. Yeah. It's crazy because. It could have been so many people, so many other people killed over something that probably wasn't even that serious in the first place.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And that's just how, you know, fucked up shit be right now. I'm saying like, you know, we found one of the dudes that came up in the house when I got the guns put to me. We beat the brakes off that dude. I mean, he's done more shit since then to, to a point where. Somebody damn near slit his face from fucking his mouth to damn near his ear. I heard he,
1: I heard he's no longer amongst us, but I don't know how true that is. I,
0: I, I don't I don't know how true that is. If he does not, it would not surprise me. But it's just crazy because it's like people will really like do shit like. Like, this is why I can't stand the world. And then, you know, rest in peace, Preston Phelps, our fellow nerd boy, senselessly killed. And it's just like, you know, I was talking to a sister earlier, and it's kind of like, you know, it's still a lot of the same questions that she's just wondering right now, that she's been wondering for a year, like a year now. It's like, damn. It's like, wow. like <clears throat> left to pick up pieces. And then, so Will, aka Preston Phelps, he was nowhere near somebody deserving the way he got. His Mm-mm. personality, just the type of person he was, he didn't deserve none of that shit. Mm-mm. It's fucked up because I'll talk about my past tense and shit, and it's just crazy because like, you know, when we started this nerd boy shit, he was somebody that was, you know, asking me about things that he can do to, to help make this thing, you know, bigger. Even things as simple as the Nerd Boy's anthem, like, you know, which we got to rework, you know, especially since now we want more time on our hands to actually start making this shit bigger than what, you know, you know, bigger, I ain't going to say than we had planned then, but make it bigger like we
1: planned. I don't think I ever heard anybody burp on a podcast. This might be the first one.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't like to edit shit. Take too long.
1: Yeah, we got we need an editor. So, anybody that know how to edit, yeah, tap in.
0: I might pay you a beer for right now, but... Uh, which am speaking of, I, I got beers in the fridge, too. They're just gonna make me feel fat. Yeah. It's light beer. Oh,
1: that's even worse. Quite I'm just. It's like drinking pop. It don't do anything. It's just like, I'm drinking it because I got a beer.
0: Well, I only drink light beer because... As soon as I start feeling something, i pee it out.
1: I don't feel anything off a of beer. When you start peeing it out. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah that's why I'm, I feel like beer is really just giving me a beer gut and not giving me the feeling.
0: See, <clears throat> next time the uh, Buffalo on Tap comes to Buffalo, I think I mean, like around February, March it comes. Maybe mm-hmm. having all of them exclusive beers that have like 13, 14, 15% of alcohol. You don't fill it off of those. Yeah. If you don't fill it off of those, you like really the guy of fucking drinking. Look at how much alcohol
1: is in tequila. And I have drink a lot so far, and I'm all right right now. Like, I don't.
0: Hey, man, you down that whole shit? Yeah. The fuck? This cup was like halfway full. Yeah. It was at least like three shots in that motherfucker.
1: It was. It was a nice amount. It was a nice amount. Hey, man, I'm just having fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first time my son ain't been with me since that
0: happened. Yeah. As a parent, you get overprotective. Like, you know, I got three girls and a boy. My mm-hmm. boy's the oldest, about to be 17. And I got my my middle, my oldest, oldest girl. Nessa, right? Huh. Andrew's uh, about to be 17. nessa be 16. And Lili and Samaya are both twelve. Lili be thirteen, in October. Samaya be thirteen, next April. Wait, when is Andrew seventeen? December. <laughs> get old dude. I know. I'm about to have a seventeen year old, y'all. <laughs> Ooh,
1: burp. <Bert. laughs> I remember us laughing at you for who you got pregnant. Yeah. Oh, he's almost We're seventeen. We're not gonna talk <laughs> about that. <laughs> but
0: yeah, man. It's was just like, even with, even with the kids, like, you know, and I said, we, we are not necessarily, uh, you know, people with, guys with the resources to have somebody to like really talk to besides ourselves. Like I said, but we're the same age. Like, even if we talk to like an older cousin, an older brother, they maybe at, at most five, six years older than us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like, we can't necessarily talk to them no motherfuckers all the time. They still going through their own shit in their grown pants.
1: And what I'm like, man, like, he called me Daddy. He he really called me Daddy. He know who I am. And I'm like, I'm Daddy. Like, yeah. he know I'm who to go to or something messed up. Like, we was playing this game called Monster yesterday. Some random game I made up while I was outside. Because I did fireworks with him and my niece and nephew. And then they had the back door, and I just act like I'm a, I'm a random animal so I just make animal noises he knew every animal noise too <laughs> and then I just act like a monster and then I came in the house he started crying because the monster going because I didn't came in the house and closed the door and my niece still trying to keep the illusion going like no the monster's still somewhere he like no the monster just daddy I don't just throw it off like that. <laughs> the monster just daddy. <laughs> I, I love that he understands that though. Like he understands. He's he speaking
0: real words now.
1: Yeah, you know Christmas, Santa Claus. We was watching this. We was watching a video D last night, and it was like the Earth hugging the Moon, and he was Earth. I'm like, hold on what's that he was earth I'm like wait alright so now I'm intrigued I'm like alright well what's that little one next to it he was mercury I'm like that's not mercury that is the moon but you know what mercury is dude <laughs> <laughs> and then like the little uh, aster on the screen I'm like, what's that he was Mars he was like no not no Mars no Mars Venus I'm like, hell dude. I'm like,
0: you know a lot,
1: dude. <laughs> you know
0: I mean, a lot. It's crazy though. Like, when they, especially when they start talking to me, like, will he realize this shit? He's just like, damn. He,
1: he's the smartest kid I've ever seen in my life. Oh my goodness. He's the smartest thing ever. And I don't... That situation made me grow even closer to him. Mm-hmm. I feel he understands something about that situation. Because... He was been calling me duty up until that moment, and then now he, he's daddy. Cause I used to have to correct You ain't duty, duty. I'm like, dude, it's daddy. But he been fluently daddying me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I love you, dude. You gonna hear this eventually. You know, I love you from the bottom of my heart. I'm never gonna let nothing happen to you, mm-hmm. I don't even want nothing to happen to me, cause mm-hmm. I can't stop stuff happening to you if something happened to me.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's like the most, and like as parents, like that's the that's the most beautiful thing as a, as a dad too, cause it's like you really these little ne- <laughs> these little Negroes, you really a hero and shit. Like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. when yo like the first time my son said he wanted like he he told my mom he was like yeah I want to like be just like my dad that was like that just melted my heart because it was like yo my son's first word was daddy <laughs> cause I don't know what his first
1: word. I know the first word I heard but I don't know what his first word was. I, like, I asked my girl like or my fiance and i like, what was his first word she was dad I was like hey <laughs> there you go yup coolest coolest
0: it's crazy cause it's just like really like like when your kids look up to you like a hero and then you know, like especially with the oldest too, they they mothers, just some of the shit that bullshit I had have to go through.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And like like I said, the theme of this episode is trauma. Like this is why I really feel like as parents, we really need to like be there for each other, whether we like each other or not yeah. like, because at the end of the day it affects these kids because they feel like they got to choose sides or they feel like they got to like one parent over the other and then you know parents do petty shit to try to like you know upstage the next parent it's just like no like like my my baby my my twelve, Samaya. So <clears throat> shout out to my baby mother Robin too like her and Z are really tight really close mm-hmm. shout out to my man Joe Brown too Joe Brown is my Wife's ex boyfriend, but he's family. That's like I look at that man like a brother. And anytime he comes over to see Lily, you know, and he knows Samaya or any other like maybe Ness or Andrew's here, he still will make it his business to make sure he brings them snacks because he always brings Lily some type of snack or something. He always makes it his business to make sure that if he's bringing for Lily, he's bringing for everybody else. Like, and I love that man for that. that that's that's my brother right there, and people just they don't understand it, the fact that like, that's your girl. Actually, like y'all cool? Yes. Why not?
1: Me and my been friends for from her not being my girl. We've been friends for over ten years since we stopped being together, and we ain't touched each other since. Like, oh, yeah. like nah.
0: That's like I can really too. be
1: friends with like women because. I like who I like. I, I'm not a person that smashed a bunch of people because I'm. I don't just get. I just don't want to smash because you look good and it's possible. I really gotta have some kind of something for it to be anything, and it take too much time for that to happen. I'm not gonna find that one night at the club.
0: Yeah, and then you know, with um, like I said, one baby mama, like her and my wife get along real like really well, and you know. Like she was actually a bridesmaid in our wedding. Like she, she, you know, she Mm -hmm. fuck with it that much, and you know, I will, you know, forever love her for that. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, it's a different type of love now, but you know, I, I still love her. But it's you know, she's family Mm -hmm. now, just like Joe. Like you know, Z loves him,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and it's just like you know, love doesn't necessarily have to mean like oh let's be together and shit. Love could be like, you know, I give a fuck about you. I care about you. And, you know, if you need anything, I'll be there. Like, Joe, Robin, if they need anything, if I can make it happen, I'll do my like to make it happen. Yeah. (laughs) Like, my wife, like, Joe wasn't answering his phone one day, and my wife kicked in, you know, kicked in his door to make sure he was all right. I will admittedly (laughs) say, I you know, low-key kind of felt some type of way about it at first. But then I had to remember, just know who the fuck he was, and he's a fucking awesome dude. Like, I would have kicked his door in, too. But it's just a matter of having that understanding that they had a relationship before, you know, her and I did. That's just,
1: yes, and that's just that daughter, his dad.
0: Yeah.
1: You don't know what she was kicking that door in for. You think she kicking the door in for him. You don't know if she kicking that door in for her.
0: But she, she cared, and then, you know, some of her reasons for it, because, like, Lee lost her grandmother. Mm-hmm. So, it's just, like, one of those situations where we think... Yeah, if I think something wrong with Twan, I go and kick her door, hell yeah. Yeah. It's still my best friend. Yeah. Yeah, which is where, you know, I had to look at it under that scope, too, because at the end of the day, you know, they were together for about, you know, about 10 years. So us, yeah. we got so no
1: women think like us too. Yeah, yeah, like
0: that us. part. So we gotta you know understand that mm-hmm. they had a relationship a, a longer, a very long relationship. <laughs> though I though I knew like Z longer, they were in each other's lives longer.
1: Yeah, the length of the relationship doesn't determine the strength of the relationship though, mm-hmm. but their strength and length goes hand in yeah. hand.
0: But it's also like, uh, <laughs> but it's also the fact that you know. They they created a bond over them years that even when they not together, mm-hmm. you know it's still somebody that knows like she knows that Joe will have her back and Joe knows that she had her back and then now Joe has me like we we don't went out with Joe without Z that's my guy that's Joe I mean. Joe that's I fucking love dude. Joe that's we gonna have dude. Joe on the, we gonna have Joe on the podcast real soon too if Joe you hear
1: if you hear this Joe you know you my guy
0: yeah. So I like you know you gotta remember just the fact that you know good people are good people. Yeah. So he's like you you can't like like put it like this. I wish I met you before D. <laughs> Still baby. You wasn't
1: you you wasn't quitting me. I need, I need taller friends. <laughs> you wasn't quitting me. You Keith
0: think? is like the tallest one besides mine.
1: Yeah. Bruce Leroy. I don't look at myself as tall. My to consider me tall, like a people, because I don't look Dude, at my. Dude, you're
0: fucking five eleven. You're tall.
1: I don't look at me as tall. You are With tall. shoes on, I'm six. Dude, I'm tall. not. I'm that close to six foot with shoes on. I'm six. But I don't look at me, because I live with this height all the time. So I don't look at me as tall. I you're, remember you. being are taller. taller
0: than, you're, you're taller than most wrestlers. I
1: am. But all the wrestlers I'm the same height as seem like short dudes. Paul Heyman, Enzo Amore. But Big E seems tall. Yeah. He's the same height as them. Alistair Black seems tall. He's also the same height as them.
0: But yeah. well, Paul Heyman seems like he's like five six.
1: Yeah, you know we the same. I'm the same. You know, height Enzo
0: more. He th- seems like he's about five five yeah. five six. Yeah,
1: I'm the same height as them. <laughs> the thing is, they taller than Chris Benoit, and Benoit seems like he taller than Enzo probably. Yeah.
0: Daniel Bryan's only what 5'8"? eight.
1: Yeah, they taller than Daniel Bryan. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I, don't know, I mean, it's tall. I think I don't think I'm you're, short. You're you're taller than Christian Jericho. How tall is
0: he? Like five ten. No. About, about
1: jelly beans, height.
0: Jelly bean. Yeah, jelly bean like 5'9", five, nine, five, nine. I was supposed to man like, like technically according to my doctors I was supposed to be like five nine but I haven't reached past five five. Yeah, I'm short. I'm five five.
1: Fuck. So they thought you was gonna be wearing high heels. They thought you was gonna be
0: gaiting. Yeah. <laughs> thought it was. A few Halloweens Made me You know Feel like my true self
1: Yeah He he does it It's his his thing
0: got a nice ass though So it works He thinks so You know no. I got a nice butt
1: It's like diesel I don't I don't want to di- No
0: But it's fat though
1: No It's a diesel You got a diesel butt Nobody wants that No th- No, no. <laughs> Nobody, Nobody got, got no soft diesel soft over the years
0: It's
1: uh, uh, still attached to a dude though so that's trash. So I don't nice. We get
0: compliments from the ladies all the time. Hey. hey Especially got, my wife. My wife always
1: looks like, damn, you got a nice ass. Well she kinda has to say those things. No. I look like I'm standing up against an invisible wall. When I wear the right jeans though, it get different. It hit different. FYBJ, man, shout out. I'll be watching your stuff. It hit different. <laughs> Do your own work.
0: Yo, man, we are fucking. This is my lifelong friend. Skeef has been one of my best friends for twenty five years.
1: He's one of the only few of my friends that has ever seen my father.
0: Yeah, man. Shout out to the one for Dennis Davis Jr. Skeef is a third.
1: Yeah, I'm a third. My son is a one. I want him to start his own legacy. Do your thing, buddy. I'm about to be amazing in where he about to name this kid after me. Watch.
0: I'm about to so be a firefighter. Fire, Chance fire. Davis. My little brother's name is almost Oops.
1: Hmm.
0: My little brother. His name is almost Oops. Oops? Oops.
1: O-O-P-S. That would have been hilarious.
0: That would
1: have been hilarious. That
0: would have been great. I, think, I thought my mom was like joking when she said it. I think she was dead ass serious about name him Oops. Cause he was a, he was like one of those oops babies. Cause, you know, my mom was like, I don't want to say what her age was. You can say what her age was. Who? My mom's. Your mom's age? She had death.
1: Was seventy two. Yeah. Close. Yeah. I was about to say I was probably I was probably under by ten. <laughs> <laughs> I was rounding it off to the lowest one hundred. <laughs> I was talking to my brother a
0: couple weeks ago. You know, we had a um, I had called him. He was saying, yeah, like, yeah, my name is almost oops.
1: <laughs> I was almost <laughs> yeah, I, I
0: fucking miss my brother, dude. Like, I really hope everything works out to where he gets out.
1: That's why, whenever dev- you, uh, conference me in, into Devin, I make sure I make the call funny the whole time.
0: Because he's a funny fucking, He he's really funny himself.
1: And I know he needs that. I know in there he needs that, that lift up and that laugh and that, all of that. And to know we still out here caring and, and everything yeah. for him
0: like when he get out the first picture the, the first picture I want to take was, was like carrying him like this uh, cause he, you know he long as fuck he like it. he a good six one right here <laughs> we gotta go visit him so yeah he, um, now we got the time he in Rochester so we got the time yeah. we take a road trip I gotta ask my mom about it mm-hmm. I'm down
1: yeah I, look, I was around before he was a fuck yo
0: for real <laughs> You've been around since my my baby sister was a baby.
1: Yeah. No, her sister wasn't even born when I first started coming
0: around. Mm, yeah, she wasn't. Uh
1: uh-uh. uh. It was only uh nah, that's my drinking buddy. <laughs> yeah, it was just you, JJ, and Precious when I first started coming around. Yeah, she was the baby. Yeah. Precious was like Ira's age, I think. She was like Ira's age.
0: Mm-hmm. About two.
1: Yeah. Well, oh, three. Three. Yeah, so was three. Precious born, Yeah, she was born like, in ninety five, so Yeah, so Precious was
0: like two or three. Yeah, we met, what, fourth grade, which was, like,
1: 96?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So we've been knowing each other almost 30 years. been best friends, like, over 25 of them.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. My first time meeting you was in first grade, but I was only in, I think it was Miss Lombardo's class or something like that for, like, a week or two. And then my dad put me out and put me back in school 90. That's where mine went. He put me back in there, and then... I was in there until <laughs> second grade. Second grade, I went back to 90.
0: So, let me tell you about my... The, the Bruce Leroy. Bruce Leroy. So, this is funny how everybody's so fucking connected. So, Nerd Boy B is married to Steve's sister. Now, um, I used to live down the street from B's family. So, B used to be around we were younger and we just didn't realize it. Right. Yeah. Now, B actually knew Bruce Leroy from when they lived in the projects many a years him. before that.
1: Yep, they used to call him Bobby Sweats. Billy Sweats. Billy Sweats, yeah.
0: What, know, where they got Billy Sweats at? <laughs>
1: Billy Sweats.
0: What was hilarious, you just how everybody so connected. Then, God rest his soul, nerd boy Preston Phelps was Mont's Bruce Lee Roy's, roommate since college. <clears throat> they were actually roommates at the time that, you know, our dear friend unfortunately left us. hmm Which gets even crazier because you know, my little cousin Tani, her mom's a Tiny. Preston Phelps' sister knew her from when they were kids. Hmm. And then, talking to my godmother, Anne. my wife's auntie, like her mom's sister, Tiffany, used to be across the street from us when we used to be at Anne's house on time.
1: Twins aunt knew my grandma, like, knew my grandma, like, they grew up together. <laughs> yeah. So, um, aunt, the fire one, she, she was so cool, though. Aunt Sherry, love you, Aunt Sherry. Uh, and Rest in peace to Marlo. that was her son peace. Yeah,
0: hey, he killed us. Oh, shit. Too much of this fucking shit going on. There's a piece of stone too, cause, um, when, it, like, I wasn't really close with him, but he was a sergeant, you know, in my, um, in my unit when he was one of the platoon sergeants in my unit yeah. I, I was in the army. Yeah, I was in the army. I don't know if I told y'all that before. Probably did. But, um, yeah, he, you know, he was going through some shit. Like, even with suicide, like, I don't consider those people weak no more because one thing that somebody said to me was just, like, like, how somebody said, like, like I was talking to a guy whose brother took his life, and he said that his mom told his brother, like, like, how can you be so selfish to want to leave your family? And then his his response was, like, how can you be so selfish for, me to, for wanting me to stay here and, you know, pretty much deal with my misery type of shit? I kind of look at that shit from a different perspective. Like, I, I don't see people that commit suicide as weak because I think that's the most ballsiest thing that you can fucking do. But I still do look at it as a situation that why would you leave your family devastated like that? So, I, it, it's it's a conflicting feeling because, like I said, I, I lost an aunt to suicide. And it's a very conflicting... Feeling because you don't want to look like I said I don't look at them as weak I look at them as probably more ballsy than anybody because they actually went through with that fucking act but I still look at it as like somewhat selfish because of the, the simple fact that you know you probably do got people that can help you
1: I can't even say it's ballsy because the ballsy thing would have been dealing with the thing that was bothering you and you couldn't
0: yeah
1: so I can't even say it's ballsy that's, killing yourself is the easier way out. I it, literally, it I literally saved my son knowing I could die in that moment. Yeah. Either one of us can die. They're not going to kill myself, so I'm, I'm here to protect my son. So everything I just did that day, yeah. I, I damn near could have just let whatever happened, happen.
0: Yeah. And I know what you, and I, and I get what you're saying, but like, if you hang yourself, you got to deal with the fucking fact that you lose this fucking consciousness and there's nothing you can do about it that's why i say ballsy because it's like it's it's crazy well, but we'll i'm we'll, not them i don't thought. know what they go through Hold that thought Run are running out of time for this first hour we only get an hour to record this shit but we'll talk about it when we get back so yeah we'll be right back with the nerd boys podcast nerds the Nerd Boys Podcast will be
2: right back. I need my, I need my cup. I need my, I need
1: my drugs. I need to get you so high. It's something about this in life. Ain't nothing in my plan. Yeah, But I'ma keep it moving. I'ma keep it rolling. I'ma keep it buzzing.
0: I'ma keep it moving. Alright, oh, we we'll back on the Nerd Boys Podcast, Nerd Boy D, Nerd Boy Skeef. We have a special
2: guest today, Michael <laughs> This is DeMara, how you
0: doing?
2: What's going on, man?
0: Yeah, we're talking about how we all fucked up in the head and got trauma and shit.
2: <laughs>
0: Can you relate to that?
2: I believe every person walking on the face of this walking on the face of this planet has encountered something that has a long lasting effect on
1: them. Yeah. Experience shape the person you are.
0: Yeah, for real. The crazy thing about it is just like sometimes what's little to me might be huge to
2: you. And vice versa.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Everybody has different triggers. Yeah. Everybody has different boiling points. Mm-hmm. And every and everybody deals with their issues and their experiences in life differently. Yeah. You understand? Like, I I lost
0: my grandmother four years ago. (gasps) Died right in front of me off the fucking view. And it was just like, that was traumatizing, like, actually being there once she took her final breaths. And, like, you know, Skiff, you know, he explained his traumatizing situation that just happened just... You know, barely a week ago, and it was just like, the fuck? You know, he went from being scared for his life to being scared for his son's life. And as a parent, I get that shit. Because, you know, for our kids, you know, we'll die for them.
2: Absolutely.
1: And the thing is, you never, you can easily just say, yeah, i died die for my kid. Until you in that situation where you have to possibly die for your kid. Right. I, oh, I always thought that. I'm like, yeah, i died die for him. But I always never knew if did that you, situation arrived. That you almost had to die for. Him. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god. Just <laughs> <laughs> it's just easy to throw it out there. Like right now, would you fight Mike Tyson for a million dollars? Hell yeah. Until that situation arrives, you might think about it. When oh, you see, uh, he ain't got gloves on. You might think about it.
0: <laughs> like, but when I you mean, really guarantee... put in that
1: situation and you go, like, I literally.
0: Yeah,
2: I guarantee. Put, like.
1: A, I mean, it was the most important thing in that moment.
2: I get that. I'm, I've I've had experiences in my life where I've had to put what? What? my child and my stepchildren and my wife at the time. I've had to put their lives before mine. You get know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like I've been in situations what? um Help. where Help. Help. I had to risk my well being. To protect my household, you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So that's why I get where you're coming from, my man. I do, because a lot of people will say a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Like yes, a lot of people, you should love your children, right? You should want to lay your life down. Yeah. However, when that situation happens, and it's fast, you know what I'm saying? It's fast. Not everybody. Some people will freeze up. You understand? Mm-hmm. So that's why I I can identify (coughs) because I've been in situations in my life where my household, I have to be the one as a man, as a man, as a father, as a husband. I have been in situations where I literally have to live up to the meaning of I have to provide, protect, and defend. Mm Mm-hmm
1: you were telling me like he stopped thinking about his foot being shot when he seen me on the ground shaking holding ira this is all he seen was me just holding him on the ground shaking and he didn't know if he was all right and he said he could, he didn't even think about himself was, his heart dropped too
0: yeah and that's when you know somebody like loves and gives a fuck about you too because he shot yeah even if he knew he was shot at the time him seeing you and the love he got for you and the love he got for your son, like, th- this is family. Mm-hmm. Broski, forgive me about the wedding shit. I love you, man. But at the end of the day, like, even hearing about Broski, like, just hearing that he okay, it was like, wow, like, shit. Right. Like, got shot. And when you love and care about somebody, it's just like, the fuck. Like, he took the bullet that could have hit my sister. Uh-huh. <laughs> like Z and I were at the Golden we were at the Nugget one time for one of Steve parties. Steve was like my big brother, you know, um he those parties, you know, he's a you know, fashion designer, product owner. And he had a party. I went to get the car. My wife, you know, we were boyfriend girlfriend at the time but she was inside the nugget and the part the the parking spot i was going to take somebody took that shit i'm like oh fuck motherfucker this right in front of the door you know i could just when it parked the car went got her put her in the car whatever been gone been home the spot that the person that took our spot they start shooting And they shot in the air and the bullets came down and hit that person's vehicle. Exact same spot I was about to park in. I was about to park in this spot. And he had a bigger, you know, he had a bigger vehicle. He had like an Escalade. Kind of like Escalade. Mm -hmm. You know, my wife drives an Equinox. Much smaller vehicle. Mm -hmm. So which means that one or two things could have happened. Her vehicle, her vehicle would have got shot regardless if, if I would have took that same spot. Her vehicle would have got shot regardless. But it been, would have been with that vehicle that got shot with us in it or would that vehicle that got shot empty. Because, Like I said, I was about to come get her. So I, so had I parked at that spot at the time I was supposed to park at that spot I would have went in and got her. By the time we got out there, the shots probably would have rang out. It just would have been the question of If we were in the vehicle or not. And judging by the fact that the guy's hood got hit. Versus how. The size of her vehicle versus that vehicle. And the position of where her vehicle would have been. Those bullets probably would have went in the fucking car. Like not the engine. Not the hood area. But they probably would have potentially went in the car. Potentially either hitting me or my wife. So it's just like. Things happen for a reason too. And. You know, we, this whole podcast is about trauma and just like, you know, sometimes trauma could be thinking about the, the what ifs because our brain is so unique that that shit really start to think about like, damn, what if I was in this position? What if I was there? What if, what if my wife was there? What if my kids were there? Like, what if somebody I love was there? And then you start, the mind start playing tricks on you. So it creates this traumatic situation in your head. Granted, you may have created it, but granted, us as human beings, we really start thinking more and more. Probably more than we should, but that's the—that's how the brain works. The brain is so unique that even we don't, when we don't want it to think, this shit thinks.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. I had eight people I was blood-related to there. When I
2: mm-hmm.
1: Well, the four of them left, but I was still blood-related to four other people. And that's just blood-related. Yeah. Like, that's
0: wild. I think my daughter just farted. Yeah.
2: You know, uh, I'll, I'll say this. People's life experiences, um, I view the experiences you go through in life as uh, permanent scars, right? hmm They either bring out the best in you or the worst in you. Yeah. Because you can take somebody who's gone through this situation, that situation, so forth, so on, et cetera, et cetera, And that person experiences can make it where they are the type of father and husband that their family needs them to be, right? hmm But on the flip side of the coin, you also have that person who went through those same situations and it made them be the complete opposite. Yeah, You know what I'm saying So everything is a double edged sword mm-hmm. And a lot of times When it comes to trauma A lot of times people When they handle things A lot of times people are actually Silently asking for help Yeah, People don't understand it Like a lot of times a person who's going through no. Situations in life They're asking for help They just don't Know how it's not always a person being ashamed. Sometimes the person doesn't know how, how. they don't know because everything has everything has to have a foundation, right? Their foundation to, for them asking for help, they don't know where to begin. They don't know where to start at. Right. So let me let me let me put this on you.
0: Mm-hmm. I was talking with the, talking to Keith about this the other day. Right. Well, not the other day. Well, the other day, but earlier too. Uh, and just correct me if I'm wrong. Go ahead. So. All right, so, like, Morris Morris, Bud Shanklin. Bud was not biologically my grandfather, but my grandfather. That was my mom's stepdad. And Bud, he'd been around since pretty much before I was born. He's your grandfather. Exactly. So, my little brother, you know, was incarcerated. So, he... And this is... I'll tell you offline who this pastor is. He's a piece of shit. Okay. So, this pastor used to date my mom back in the day. Been been around since before me or my brother was born. Okay. So they allow my brother to come see my grandfather. You know, and I'm gonna tell you the point of all this once mm-hmm. I get done. Go ahead. So once my brother comes, you know, they got him in shackles and shit. My brother's 18 years old. Oh, I don't have permission. So we excited. We're like, okay, he's gonna see the body. Then he'll get to sign with us, whatever. This guy, this pastor, former corrections officer, so he knows the system and shit. So he tells us, like, okay, well, you know, they're only going to allow his child, his baby, his baby mother to see him. Their mother not there, so they allow my mother going. So, and as a man, you going to understand this too. I'm explaining this to this pastor. My mom was under impression it. Got the impression that my baby papers. brother was gone. As, before I could even get my full sentence out. looking me dead in my face. He walks away. Imagine you talking to me. you expressing yourself to me. In mid-conversation. I'm looking at you dead in your way and I walk away. You don't feel disrespected, right?
2: It is. It's, it's very disrespectful.
0: So. No
2: other way to put it. What
0: I was trying to get out was... My mom was under the impression after speaking to the facility that immediate family members were going to have to have, was going to get the chance to have contact with my brother. Besides, I'm seeing the body and shit. So, I'm pissed. I approach this man. Mm -hmm. And I tell him, like, you know, I'm just like, you know, it it has me a bit, you know, confused. uh, Bit offended that you walk away like you didn't even excuse yourself in the conversation, nothing like that. He just like, because when I approached him, he was like, you know, I got five hundred things going on right now. Okay, I get that, but for you to not at least excuse yourself in the conversation, like, I, and I told him, like, I know you see me as a kid because you've been knowing me since I was uh, a baby. I know you probably still see me as a, a kid, but I'm on, I'm grown now. I'm an, I'm a man. I'm an adult, just like you. His response, you're in my church. I don't have to excuse myself. I got 500 things going on. If anything, you should be asking me what you can do for me. I had to walk away. Like, I, I wanted to punch him. And this is a man I've been knowing my whole life. A I man I looked at but as a father figure when he was with my mom. But you you tell me that you pretty much don't have to excuse yourself from our conversation, and then you, you got there to call me sensitive about the situation. It's my little brother, of course I'm sensitive. I lost somebody that that was family to me, laying in the casket in the, in the next room. But you got there to, <clears get> to say <throat> this to me, and then and then this is where he becomes a, a true piece of shit. Next day. I'm riding. Uh, I went to me and will rode down to New Jersey to get you know a shipment of his clothing, and I just happened to ride past. I'm riding down Broadway. I happened to ride past my mom's street. I rode past like two, three times. So third time, I actually went on the street. See you, you know my aunt, my Jackie, my cousin Monica, my mom. My mom told me that she spoke to the facility, and the facility was kind of confused about the whole thing because. They thought my little brother was going to have time with his family. So this pastor, with his previous experience as a corrections officer, who knows how the systems work, bordered upon himself, especially when it comes to his, the image of him and his church, to flip the script on us and told us that it was a facility that stated that my brother could only see his kid, his baby mom, but well, ex-baby mom, my mom, So, this dude really used his so-called authority to flip the script on us. The facility was like, well, we thought that, you know, Devin was supposed to have time, more time with, you know, the family. And come to find out, the pastor, who was a former corrections officer, former, you know, deputy sheriff, flipped the script on us. Somebody that we've been knowing our whole lives, somebody that used to date my mom, somebody I looked up as a father figure. And the point I'm making with this us, you know, as black men, because I know you mixed, but you're still black. black, I'm black. You're still a black man. Absolutely. And was your mom, was it your mom or your dad's side, the black side? My mom. Okay. And this goes to show. This, this is my point why it's not necessarily always black men, but it affects black men more. Mike is black. But can you necessarily express yourself to your dad? The fact that you're taking that long to answer lets me know that you don't.
2: You can't. I'm looking you in the eyes and no, i <laughs> because you should know, you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm.
0: Our our fathers can't like. My dad's a great dad. I love my dad. This
2: is what I'll say, right? I'm um, in control. This is what I'll say. mhm My grandparents raised me, right? Well, <clears throat> uh, they raised me for the first nine years of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandfather taught me how to. <clears throat> be a strong black man. You get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, it wasn't even that. Uh, I couldn't. It, it was never a situation where I could not go to my grandparents. It was never that. Yeah. It was. I was. I'm the oldest in the family. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was the spoiled one for the first nine years of my life. But they were taken away from me. They died a month apart. Yeah. So after that is when. That's when everything hit. That's yeah. when life hit. There is no more living in a big house in a upper middle class neighborhood. You mm-hmm. go from that to now you're living in the projects. Mm-hmm. Now you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, I could have, uh, us as black men, even in the black community, we have this stigma of don't open up. Yeah. Don't go to therapy. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? We have this stigma of <clears throat> we have this stigma this notion that therapy is not meant for us it's not meant for our community it's we should not open up people for to realize and y'all have known me for over 20 damn years yeah y'all know I'm done y'all know I'm not an female and I'm saying this for a reason which is I learned that being able to there's strength in being able to communicate. There's their, their strength in masculinity when you're able to communicate. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's why... Uh, I believe that's one of the reasons why the divorce rate is so high, especially in our community. Oh, yeah. You get know what I'm saying? Nobody wants to... Peak game. The hardest relationship anybody is ever going to have in life is with two, two people. Your children, mm-hmm. right? And the person you see when you look in the mirror. And the reason why I say that, with your children, right? We all know our children are going to make mistakes in life. Yeah. They are. However, our job as their parents is to guide them. Yeah. You're going to make your mistakes, you're going to fall on your ass, you're going to bump your head a few times in life. However, the mistakes you make should not be the mistakes. I mean, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And then, and that's one of the hardest things because when you're honest with your children and you yeah. tell them about the things you've done in life, one of the hardest things is for you to not sound contradicting because your kids are like, "Well, you did this. Why can't I do that?" And it's like you don't understand. I went through everything I went through in life, so, so you didn't have to, and so that you don't. Yeah. And then the person you see when you look in the mirror—that per- you can. You can lie to your friends, you can lie to your brothers, you can lie to whoever, right? You can lie to yourself. That person, exactly, that person that you see when you look in the mirror, they know all your truths and all your lies. Yeah. And then even as parents,
0: the one thing we do as parents, we try to protect versus prepare. Because a lot of times, we try to protect our kids from the inevitable. Kids gonna have to go. They gonna have to go through their first heartbreak. They gonna have to go through their first d- disappointment. We try to protect them from that shit instead of preparing them for it. Like me, I, I feel like I I have to prepare my kids for this crazy ass shit that they're gonna have to go through. They gonna have they you know yes. granted. I'm hoping that they have to deal with burying me versus me burying them. Right. And it's just so crazy because it's like we don't necessarily have outlets, too, because, and I think that's another problem with, you know, mostly with the black community of men, and and men, period. Like, with Dead Poet Society, you know, the one kid, uh, Red Foreman, I think it was Red Foreman, played the dad, and, you know, the kid killed himself, because he couldn't couldn't open up to his dad, and this is a white boy, rich white boy. Us poor black men, we and I, and I realized this when I spoke to this pastor dude I was like a father figure dude I respected dude that that was in my life my whole life I expressed myself to him and I got caught sensitive over a situation that bothered me it's like another man yeah and a another pastor go
1: through.
0: and a pastor a pastor a man of God at that and it was just like the fact that you a man of God a pastor somebody that's in the church somebody that's supposed to preach about healing and shit like that. You pretty much emasculated me because I came to you as a man about an issue I had with what was going on with my brother.
2: Well, he didn't emasculate you. He showed you his true colors.
0: He did. He did. He did. But he also, also did that as well because instead of building me up, with what I was going through mm-hmm. you use that to tear me down Masculate. so it's like you tell me this shit like I said you've been in my life my whole life he, now in the capacity in the capacity that he was in my life 25-26 years ago versus now might have changed but the simple fact that you are a man of God you preach to a congregation every Sunday and the fact that you came at me like that. And you tell me. And because this is your house. You don't have to excuse yourself from my conversation. So it's like. It showed me. That's when I, it kind of hit me right then and there. That as men. Period. No matter what race you are. We don't have many outlets. We can go to our fathers. And our fathers can be great men. Great fathers. But as soon as we start getting deep with them. They find a way out. So then it's repeating the same cycle that a lot of people start, you know, kind of going with with their sons. So it was just like, knowing that now, I had to reach out to my son. And I told my son, like, I want you to always feel like you can come to me about anything. And don't feel like you're being dismissed by me. Because that shit really hurt me for this man to come at me the way he came at me because I respected this man I looked at this man as somebody that was in my life my whole life somebody's a father figure and we don't get enough of that as black men we don't get enough of that as men because whether you are black Black, white white, Hispanic it doesn't matter
2: society has this stigma right this notion that you're a man you're a me bottle it up you get what I'm saying? You're not, they Society has this stigma Yet Society fails to realize To every person Walking the face of this earth Is human You feel what you feel hmm You get what I'm saying? Like, like At the end of the day Like, pe- peep game, right? Mm-hmm All of us, we go back We go back You get what I'm saying? It should never be a point it's Like we, we go back to the point where you know you can call me and you know you can talk to me. you get what I'm saying
1: knowing and being able to is different
2: But you get what I'm saying and like mm-hmm. society tries to make it seem as if no you're not supposed to do that society makes it seem like no you're not supposed to do that So, but yet society makes it seem as if you're a woman, it's okay to vent or whatever, but if you're a man, society wants it to make it seem as if, well, you're supposed to bottle it up, you're not supposed to Mm -hmm. talk about it, otherwise, you're not masculine or you're not a leader. Yeah.
0: And the thing is, like, you need it from both sides. I feel like women are very nurturing. Women are very, are women are more protective
2: than us as men. What about the whole nature versus nurture concept? Mm-hmm. Think about it like that as well because you also have experiences, right? Some people, some people are born with the ability to be more caring than others, and yeah. some people have it, like it. it a lot of things pointing into it, which is your natural personality, your inf- your influences, your experiences. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. That that that, which all of what I'm saying goes back to what I said originally, what I said in the beginning of this podcast, which was, um, experiences can bring up the best or the worst of a person. Yeah. And to be honest, it's unhealthy to. Not talk to people. Yeah. It's unhealthy. Especially when you're in a marriage. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because, see, this is what people fail to realize, right? Let's just admit, we have a tendency to protect, right? Yeah. Sometimes people inadvertently push their spouses away, right? by virtue of them not communicating because they're tackling on the bigger issues right not knowing that this that by not communicating with their spouse is actually making their spouse their wife feel more of a burden than anything
1: yeah
2: you You feel alienated right and that's not even your intention your intention isn't to alienate yeah but it's protect your in you. You get what I'm saying? That's why I say a lot of times people don't know how. It's not that people don't want to. It's just they don't know how. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, why would I want to... A lot of times people look at it as, why, why would I want to burden my spouse when I have everything under control? Right. But in the process of you having everything under control, you're alienating your partner. Yeah. You're pushing them off to the side without you even knowing. Yeah. And then this is the fact, too, of like, you know... You don't want to seem like you're weak to
0: your spouse either. Right. So you don't want to seem like you're weak. You don't want to seem like you're a burden. You want to seem like you have everything in control. That's why a lot of a lot of men have control issues because once they lose control, they have these fucked up reactions. I got a family member. I'm not going to mention who the family member is. I'm going to mention what type of family member. But this family member very close. Going through the same thing. As a, a divorce and it's just like because they're losing control they make stupid ass decisions so those stupid ass decisions kind of makes the situation a lot worse than what it needs to be because they're feeling like they're losing control a lot of it might be some kind of narcissistic shit a lot of it might be a lot of trauma and shit because people kind of mirror what they what, they, what they've they been through.
2: most people have a tendency to attract what they are
0: yeah. So it's like, that being said, like, I don't know how the hell I ended up with the wife. I ended up with because I'm just like, what the fuck. I'm like, I know I'm a good person and shit, but I got a lot of fucking crazy fucking trauma shit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like almost like we opposites, but we the same.
2: Yeah.
0: But. It's just crazy because it's just like, you know, we, we try to, you know, we try to be strong.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And sometimes it's impossible to be strong when you got so much going on in the head of yours because the brain is so unique that it sometimes, you know, creates a some type of dynamic that we... we we feel like we can't and won't express ourselves even to our wives even to our girlfriends and then you know I always I'm a firm believer that you you can't be right for nobody else if you ain't right for yourself interesting it's very uh, interesting very because like It's like if I'm dealing with all my demons and I'm fucked up in the head and I'm not in the right mindset, how can I tell you to be in the right mindset? How can I give you advice on how to be right when I'm fucked up? Like, how can I? I can tell you all the right shit, but if I'm not right for myself, how can I be right for anybody else? How can I be right for my kids? If I'm dealing with all these fucking demons. I might can give them some sound advice and shit. But it's just like. If I don't believe what I'm saying. <laughs> and kids are resilient like that people. Like if you. If you an adult. Then one thing. When you're younger. When you're a kid. You pick up more energy. And that shit start to. Disappear as you get older. Unless you catch that shit. Like right now, I'm more energy based than anything. I will pick up on energy faster than I pick up on, on anything. If your energy fucked up, you right. to stay away. If I'm already locked in with you and your energy fucked up, it, it might be harder for me to get away because we got that bond. You got the rapport. Yeah, we got that report. But if I'm just meeting you and your energy fucked up, it's easy as hell for me to stay away from me. At the end of the day, it's just like, if I'm not right for myself, I'm going to be right for anybody else. Because it's like, I could be preaching, 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 preaching. Like, yo, perfect example of this shit. Jason David Frank. Now, if you don't know who Jason David Frank is, you probably didn't grow up in the 90s. But Jason David Frank is Tommy Al- He Keep his most famous role is Tommy Oliver, the green, white, Power Ranger. You look at his like YouTube shit, Instagram shit, always an inspirational person. Always trying to build people up. Committed suicide last year. Uh, You need to
1: look at the people that's always out
0: there. Yeah. He, and he, he was an inspirational person, always had some inspirational quotes, all that shit like that, always like building his stuff. But he was dealing with a lot of shit, like his, his wife, and people was blaming his wife for this shit, and it's not fair to blame anybody for seeing, for anybody taking their own life. Cause at the end of the day, he had his mind made up. But, you know, the day he, he, he took his own life, People thought him and his wife were arguing he did this shit. You know, his wife was like, no, we were having a normal conversation. I went down, I think she said she went down to get on some snacks and then she couldn't get into the room. She got concerned, had them fucking take the door and they found him in there hanging. Some shit like that. So it was like, this is a dude that millions and millions of people looked up to. Millions of people saw as a hero. But he wasn't fucking right in the head. And he decided to take his own life. That's what I mean. You, you can see him right on the surface. And he probably really meant well. When he was like. You know giving out this sound advice. Everything like that. But he wasn't right for himself. And the thing about it. We as fans. Saw it. As like. Saw him as like. You know, the standard of what it what it meant to be a hero—somebody that just seemed picture perfect on the surface. His family, on the other hand, it was different. It was different. We 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 can be rich, famous. People look at us under a certain scope, but the people that's closest to us—they know the <clears throat> deal. They know that we. Got a few screws loose. His family apparently saw it. Apparently was apparently dealing with that shit. He was apparently you know talking to friends and shit about suicidal thoughts and shit like that. So it's like we don't know this man personally, mm-hmm. but yet we view this man as a hero. To and it brings back to my statement: we can't be right for nobody if we ain't right for ourselves. In our heads, he was right. He was good. He was crystal clear. No no specks of fucking drama no specks of bullshit in that aura that we felt from him. His family on the other hand completely different. Complete 180. And it's just like the people that's closest to you is the one that's gonna suffer from if your shit ain't right. His family suffered because his shit wasn't right he was in the midst of a divorce he was just having a normal conversation with his wife she went down to get him some snacks came back he hung himself, which is eerie because just last Friday I was at a funeral sergeant in my unit rest in peace God rest his soul going through the same shit mentally great NCO when I was in the army somebody that definitely was a good teacher I wasn't that close with him I ain't want to sit up here and, act and make it seem like I had this just awesome relationship with him because I didn't. I thought he needed to be down there for his family though, and then just to hear about what happened, he was literally making his kids pancakes, and decided to go hang himself from a tree. His kids' tree house, and seventeen-year-old stepdaughter and four-year-old daughter found him. Seventeen-year-old stepdaughter that, that that viewed him as a father. Like man, no stepping that. You know, he has some shit going on with him. Some family drama that I'm not going to talk about right now. At least not here. But the fact that he just in the midst of making his his kids some breakfast decided that my wife is not worth living no more. Like I said, people can view you as this. Look at Robin Williams, another person. We looked up to. We grew up on Robin Williams, Miss Doubtfire, Flubber, all kinds of movies. Latin. <laughs> like, we grew up on Robin Williams. He did what he did because he was dealing with some demons inside that us as just normal people we didn't really look at. <laughs> like I said we, we we viewed him as somebody that was right for us. But he wasn't right for himself. His family, they knew the deal. It kids, they got to deal with the fact, like, like I said, I had my aunt, my aunt Rhonda. God rest her soul. You know, she, she wasn't right mentally. So it was just like we we look at things under a certain scope and we don't realize especially with these celebrities we don't realize that at the end of the day they just normal people just like us they go through shit just like us they really just kind of you know kind of put on the front because they have to because they can't just look weak in front of these cameras and shit like that which probably drives them even more fucking nuts but I mean with a lot of shit you gotta keep an open mind you can't be like, but but this, but that, but that. Nah, you gotta look at it uh, open scope as somebody that really understands people. Because at the end of the day, no, we 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 have a mutual friend, family member that even after Jason David Frank died, that person posted up how weak they were. I'm like, no, bring him on. I don't see my honest weak. She was fucked up in the head. She needed the help that she needed. Why she did what she did. Do I think it's selfish? Yes. Very much. Because you need your family to deal with the pieces. Do I think it's weak? because nah, I, I really do think it takes some balls to fucking do that shit to yourself. Especially if you fucking hang yourself, you gotta fucking deal with that fucking choking shit. But I still feel like it's, it's still a selfish decision. Because at the end of the day, you need people to deal. Like, it don't sit right when we had a seventeen year old and a four year old girl found their dad hanging from a fucking tree. But seeing what he was fucking dealing with mentally. So I say a lot of this shit is fucking conflicting.
2: And the impact of it all, like the backlash, yeah. the aftermath, right? To me it's one of those things like when a person does take their own life, right? Like you said, they're leaving their family to pick up the pieces. However, that right there is trauma within itself. Like Mm -hmm. a 17-year-old girl and a 4-year-old girl have that visualization, that haunting visualization of their father hanging himself. With this, the 4-year-old left her
0: Paw Patrol toy that has a flashlight because she didn't want Daddy to be scared. So she doesn't have a full understanding. The 17-year-old, though, she fucked up. I had to have an honest i had an honest conversation with her. I told her it was going to suck. I told her it was going to be fucked up. I told her she was going to go through some shit. She's going to feel some type of way about shit. I pretty much told her, you will going to have days that's going to be cool. You're going have days that's going to suck like a motherfucker. Cause, and that's another thing. People always tell telling you, oh, it's going to be okay. Just stay strong. You no. Know? I I like to tell people the fucking truth. Life is gonna suck someday. You're gonna have some great days. You're gonna have have some absolutely horrible fucking days. But you're gonna have some days. I was telling this kid that, you know, it's gonna suck. It's suck that you gotta go through. Some days you're gonna feel horrible. Some days you're gonna feel guilty. Just, just like telling this kid exactly how she's going to feel. Because it's going to be days like that. It's going to be days where it's just like, fuck. How did I not know he was going to do that? You know, just having to keep it up. Buck with that kid. But, you know, I feel like uh, with a lot of this shit, uh, people try to sugarcoat shit too much instead of just being direct with it. Because I think a lot of people need more direct shit. Because at the end of the day, even if it hurts hearing it, at the end of the day, once you understand what you heard, you can appreciate that honesty. Instead of somebody telling you every day it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. No, it's not going to be okay. It will eventually, but it's not going to be okay right away.
2: Room wasn't built in the day.
0: Yeah, you're going to be angry. You're going to have your angry days. You wanna have your days where, you know, you just wanna fucking punch a window. You wanna have your days where you wanna be hugged. You wanna have your days where you don't want to be touched at all. You lost your mom. So you probably went through every fucking emotion possible losing your mom. You probably had days where you wanted to be hugged. And you probably had days where you just didn't wanna to be touched at all. You probably had days where you wanted to be told that it was gonna be okay. Days where it's like, fuck off, it's not gonna be okay. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong.
2: Uh, It was more so um, well, I woke up and found my mother dead Next to me yeah. like, So that's that right there You get know what I'm saying So But There was nobody For me to be around Yeah Like I had to Deal with all shit by yourself Yeah I had to be the one to Bury my mother Yeah You get know what I'm saying There was nobody around To Because everybody else was so worried about each other. And everybody else was worried about who was going to be the one to get my mother's money. So I went through that by myself. So there wasn't a grieving period. It wasn't any of that because I had to be the one to, for lack of a better word, uh, my mother has a younger son, right? And... I had to be the one to hold him together while burying my mother. So I had to let him grieve while I was the one that buried our mother. That probably gave me fucking trust issues. Uh what I'll say is um i have come to learn the meaning of family. Um yeah. family is the people that's there for you when you are down rock bottom people family are the ones that are, that, that support you that are loyal to you it's, flesh and blood makes you related but that doesn't necessarily make them your family so that's what I, that's what I'll say I mean think about it my mother died a year later his mother right there took me you know what I'm saying mhm so, that was the thing that it taught me, like, going through that process by myself, like, it taught me, okay, I know now I can't trust, like, I, it was, I already knew, but losing my mother confirmed to me, it, it reassured me, yeah, you have the right mindset in terms of how you view us me, Yeah.
0: That's what we're talking about. Hmm. I, it was
2: fucking
0: crazy, man. Like, yeah. Oh, Death will definitely show you... True colors of fucking people.
2: <laughs>
0: Even if it's indirect. like Like what happened Monday... I learned the true colors of a pastor that, like I said, I, I admired and looked up to for years. Mm-hmm. Might not have seen him every day. But just like now when, now that I do see you, you a pastor, you got a little bit of control, you got a few properties out here, so we're getting a little bit of money. So, you're smelling yourself.
2: Sure. And a lot of times trauma can also be from a religious or spiritual point of view as well. The reason mm-hmm. I say that, clearly what you talk to. Your situation right Mm -hmm. Your situation Somebody else in your shoes Could have easily Said Well you're not going to believe in Christianity Because of this person Yeah You know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. Um My mother's brother right Yeah Uh His wife Uh It was alleged Right It was alleged That his wife Was Having an affair With their pastor It was alleged. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Allegedly, this is what happened. However, it also... However, that right there... I I watched uh, that play a factor in my uncle's marriage. Like, Mm -hmm. religion. Like, I watched how uh, how pastors and deacons were trying to constantly interfere in my uncle's marriage. Yeah. And I seen what that did... To him, as a man, I seen what it made. I seen what it did to him. Oh yeah. Um, it made him seek out different women, women that were as active in the church. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they they were, they were active, but nowhere near the extent of how his previous wife was. Yeah. And I seen how that affected him. Like that traumatized him. Like you got deacons and. Pastor, all in our marriage trying to tell me what to do in our marriage when we live together. Right. You know what I'm saying?
0: I'm like... Yeah, especially, especially with marriage, now, Like, yo, you... Got, you really gotta keep people out of your fucking business because people will take a...
2: Misery loves company. Yeah. You understand? Don't not everybody... Not, not everybody that says they're your friend smiles in your face really is your friend. And they don't mm-hmm. mean... And a lot of times people... Are uh, a lot
0: of times you have to mow the lawn to see the snakes in see the snakes in the yard. Like Z and I's wedding is another pure example of like people that said they were going to be there but slipped mm-hmm. the script. Mm-hmm. All right, one person should all pay. They got their shit shit all paid for, but then decided to drop out a month before. But. You know, we had people drop out the week of, you know, it is, you know, it is what it is. But just like, you know, and I I respect my guys and I commend my guys for all, for all being there. But she had women on her side that she done done, she done bent over backwards for that. Couldn't even give her a day. But you know what? You know, like I said, we, we found out exactly who was there for us that day and who wasn't there for us that day. You know, even people that couldn't show up, at least, you know, some way, somehow, made sure we, we felt their presence. But then we had some people that were just like, oh, I better be invited that didn't even show up, didn't send a card, nothing. It's cool.
2: It's like, you know,
0: you got to kind of take shit for what it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: People going to be people you know you just kind of gotta have the expectation that people suck and you know no matter what you do you still gotta watch out for fucking people
2: absolutely
0: you know you, you can't always depend people? on people cause like some people just been
2: okay, but where the other kids
0: so you know so in in this type of mode of where they don't necessarily feel that that void of just respecting people's time and energy. Yeah. It's just like time and energy is a because like, that's especially time because you you can't get that shit back you get, once that
2: shit you Can't all. get time back at all.
0: Like we we thirty six years old right now and it's just like damn like we've been knowing each other since we were teenagers. Right. Twenty plus years and it's just like damn like. We've been knowing each other this long and it's just now we're realizing that we're adults. (laughs) And it's crazy because it's like like wow. Throughout all the years of disappointment, it's really just hitting that. Wow, this is really how we could have avoided it if if we would have moved this way. But you know what? Experiences is what create, you know, resilience.
2: Experiences create there's only seeing new opportunities No exactly. better opportunities mm-hmm. But those only happen when people take There's always a lesson to be learned There's always a lesson And I tell people all the time Don't take things as a loss Take it as a lesson Exactly Because there's all Because even in defeat There's a valuable lesson learned, learned yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like in order to know victory You got to know defeat Exactly To experience joy You have to feel a bit of pain mm-hmm. You have to Hundred and ten percent. Yeah,
0: because you can't appreciate shit like like it's a lot of shit I go through now. I'm like if I would have went through this ten years ago, I wouldn't appreciated it as much. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't appreciate the marriage as much ten years ago if I I do now. Like, I don't, like, so to see? understand pain, do you have to experience joy. Yeah, I think you do.
1: You can't know one without the other. It's a it's yeah.
0: unnecessary evil. Pain, joy, joy, pain. I feel you
2: can experience either one without either one. You can experience joy without pain, but you don't get, but you don't get the true meaning. Like prime example, right? I'm saying it for analogy, people. I'm saying you don't. Gee, me and you, we both have daughters, right? Mm -hmm. You don't know as a man, you don't know how to truly love a woman until you have a daughter. Like you love your woman, you get what I'm saying? Like you can have a woman that you love and love with, but you don't truly know how to love them until you have a daughter. Because once you have a daughter, that teaches you, like, once you have a daughter, you learn, like, wait a minute, this house supposed to love a woman because I have a daughter. Mm -hmm. I have to love my woman the way that I would want and need the next man to love my daughter. True. And that's why I'm, and, and that plays into what I'm saying about. Joy and pain, like yes, you can experience it, but you don't truly get the gist of it in the full in the full meaning of it in total as a whole until you experience the other. Yeah, like all right. So, skiff your son loves Mickey
0: Mouse. Not as
1: much
0: as he. Yeah, yeah, but you know, this kind of like just kind of. Putting, it on, putting on to a point, like, Mickey Mouse is easily accessible right now. Back when we was coming up, you had to have the Disney Channel to watch, to, to watch Mickey Mouse. So, we appreciated Mickey Mouse more if we went to a friend's house that either had Disney Channel or we had Disney Channel. So, we appreciated Mickey Mouse more than... When our parents didn't make the cable bill that month and the cable got shut off, we didn't have Mickey Mouse no more. We felt that void that was missing.
1: Wrestling analogy would have been better. I was not a Disney kid.
0: But I'm, I'm just using I'm just using this for your son. I'm just using this for your son because your son who loves Mickey Mouse. So in the aspect of wrestling, like you couldn't watch Raw if you didn't have USA. Once SmackDown came, you got on UPN, that's what kind of changed the game. So, Skeef came to my house a lot to watch wrestling. Now, SmackDown was really just getting started around then. So, you know, Skeev could, what he was missing on Raw. You know, he got on SmackDown. But coming to my house, he got Raw. And he got SmackDown when he went home. So he didn't necessarily have to be able to watch SmackDown because... SmackDown... You didn't necessarily need to have cable to watch SmackDown. But if you wanted to see what happened on Raw to kind of keep... Especially before they had the brand extensions and shit like that. You know, you watch Raw. And then what happened on Raw continued on SmackDown. Then what happened on SmackDown continued on Raw. So... All right, how's that, Steve That oh, was no, decent. That was decent. Skeep's watching TikTok. We have been talking for hours. Skeep, he, he just started talking.
1: Yeah, I'm giant about
0: to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, but it's all good though. I'm tired. I Me mean, having my son for like a week and some he got wore out. Yeah, and it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. He, I mentioned, I mentioned Mickey Mouse, and. He said something old wrestling analogies as he's wearing the Mickey Mouse shirt. Right.
2: Traitor.
0: For my son. For my son. That reference is for your son. <laughs> huh? That reference is for your son. Uh, but yeah, but, yeah. This was a good conversation, though. It was great listening. <laughs> I don't know. You just, just played, you know. You just played. Dude, I just hopped in every this, now and then. Fly the, on the wall. The, the, <laughs> this came off more as a
2: Michael Jamira Nerd Boy D one-on-one conversation.
1: Hold uh, on. I like to let y'all get y'all on and listen.
0: It was like listening to a podcast while I played the game. So, hold on. Except you just were a part of this podcast without actually being a part of this podcast. Son of a gun. But yeah, but this is a fun conversation. And then uh, Michael DeMaria just happened to walk up. He just walked past the house. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> He's like, hey. Yeah. I'm like, yo. Want a drink? Sure. He's like, hey, hey. Okay. Want a podcast? Yeah. Let's make it
2: happen.
0: Want a beer? Sure. Let's
2: make it
0: happen. Yeah, I got to restock my alcohol now. You drank it all. You
2: did. But my man, Michael DeMaria. Pleasure. Always, brother.
0: My friend. Oh yeah, we we are going to you know in this now. We had a great fucking conversation. You know, we hope some of you fucking people can, can relate to this shit. Absolutely, it's actually a very important topic, especially in the black community. It is. black man. Oh, Mike's the black man keeps the black man. We have black babies, and you know, we are just making sure that we can make sure everyone has an outlet. Because at the end of the day. Suicide rate is up heavy, you know, we do have a lot of people that feel like they can't reach out to nobody, and you know, we want to change, definitely change, change, change that perspective, but you know, we'll work on it, but I am Nerd Boy D, we got Michael Demera in the house, I'm Michael Demera, Nerd Boy Ski, check us hey. out, finish, your, finish wrestling. your wrestling podcast, check it out. Check out The White the Janitor 2 on YouTube every Saturday night at 10 p.m. Prank me, motherfucker. But we are the Nerd Boys. Special guest, Michael Demera, one of our brothers for another. Love this guy. And till next time, we love y'all. With that being said, we are the Nerd Boys. And Nerd Boys are out. Peace.